0: Take your Bibles tonight. Turn to Psalms 40. Psalms 40. I was going through the Bible here a while back through the Psalms, I mean, and uh, studying uh, every Psalm, just about it, if not all, has to do with the Lord Jesus Christ. And you can't understand the Psalms like God wants us to unless you realize that. It's not about David. Primarily, it's not about Solomon, it's not about the men as, as taught about in the book of Psalms. All that has to do with the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, I want to just take the Psalms tonight and go through some of them and show you how that is done. And so, Psalms 40, I'd like to read the first six verses, or the first ten verses, I'm sorry. I waited patiently for the Lord. And he inclined unto me, and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of the harbor pit, out of my clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings. And he has put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it, and fear, and shall trust in the Lord. Blessed that man that maketh the Lord his trust, and respecteth not the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. Many, O Lord my God, are thy wonderful works, which thou hast done, and thy thoughts, which are to usward, they cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. Sacrifice and offerings thou didst not desire, mine ears hast thou opened. Burn offerings and sin offerings hast thou not required. Then said I, Lo, I come, and the volume of the book is written of me. I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yea, thy law is within my heart. I have preached righteousness in the great congregation. Lo, I have not refrained my lips, O Lord, thou knowest. I have not hid thy righteousness within my heart. I have declared thy faithfulness and thy salvation. I have not concealed thy loving kindness and thy truth from the great congregation. Father, we pray for thee. Holy Spirit, open our minds, our eyes tonight, and our spiritual hearts that we can understand Thy Word. And Lord, it's such a pleasure to go through Thy Word and find You written on every page and explain what You've done for us through Thy Word. Many great truths are hidden. They're mysteries to the world, but they're joy to our hearts as we learn of them. Bless us, we pray tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, first of all, I want you to notice this song, and the, the rest of the psalms I'm going to give you in a few minutes, in the order that the, that the Lord Jesus Christ is mentioned in the parts of His life and the spiritual things that's revealed to us. Turn over before I get started, though, to Hebrews chapter 10. And if you've uh, marked that place, Hebrews chapter 10, I want to begin reading verse 5. And you'll keep Hebrews open there. We'll be back there directly. In Hebrews 10, verse 5. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offerings thou wouldest not, but a body has thou prepared me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sins thou hast no pleasure. Then said I, Lo, I come, in the volume of the book is written to me, to do thy will, O God. That's talking about none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, as you go through the Psalms, uh, if you turn over to uh, Psalm 6 for just a minute, and uh, we'll go right through it for just a second. In Psalm 6, I'd like for you to look at verse 9. Verse 9. Even that it would please God to destroy me, that He would let loose His hand and cut me off. Now, this Psalm... Is recorded in Jesus' zeal. The zeal of thine house has eaten me up, the Bible says in John chapter two, verse seventeen. And so it's talking about the zeal of the Lord. And then in Psalms hundred and eighteen, verse twenty two is Jesus' rejection. This is what he says, the stone which the builders refuse is become the headstone of the corner. That goes with Matthew chapter 21 and verse 22 where it talks about the headstone that rejected which is the Lord Jesus Christ. And the next psalm is Psalm 41 and verse 9 is Jesus' betrayal. Yea, mine own familiar friend in whom I trusted which did eat of my bread had lifted up his heel against me. And then you take Psalms 55 verses 12 through 14 and this psalm goes with Matthew 26, verse 14 through 16, where it's talking about Judas. Next is Psalms 22, verses 1, 6, 7, 8, 16, and verse 18. And listen what some of it says. They gave me also gall for my meat, and in my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink. Psalm 69, 21 says the same thing. Now this takes us up to Matthew 27, verse 34 and verse 48 where it talks about hand. when Jesus was up on the cross hanging on the cross they offered Him vinegar to drink. Psalms 31 and verse 5 Into thy hand I commit my spirit. That goes with Luke 23 verse 46 where Jesus gave up the spirit. No man took it from Him. He gave up His own spirit. Now Psalms 129 verse 3 The Bible says the plowers plowed upon my back. They made long their furrows. This is speaking of the whips that Jesus was whipped with uh, as He was headed to the cross. Next, Jesus' witnesses in Psalms 109, verse 2 and 3 says, For the mouth of the wicked and the mouth of the deceitful are open against Me. They have spoken against Me with a lying tongue they can pass me about also with words of hatred and fought against me without a cause. That goes with Matthew twenty six and Matthew twenty seven, where the false accusers accuse the Lord Jesus. Next comes Jesus' prayers for his enemies in Psalms one hundred and nine and verse four. For my love, they are my adversaries, but I give myself unto prayer, and that goes with Luke twenty three, verse twenty four or thirty four. Then you have Jesus' resurrection. Psalms 16, verse 10. For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither will thou suffer thine Holy One to seek corruption. Then you go to Acts chapter 13, verse 35. speaks of the same thing. Psalms 22, verse 22 says, I will declare thy name unto my brethren in the midst of the congregation will I praise thee. That's after his death and resurrection. And that goes with John 20 and verse 17. Then you come to Jesus' ascension and Psalm 68, verse 18. Thou hast ascended on high, thou hast led captivity captives, thou hast received gifts for men. And Ephesians chapter 4, verse 18 says that the Holy Spirit gives us the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Then Jesus' triumphant entry. And Psalms 24, verse 7 and 8. Lift up your head, O oh, you gates, and be lifted up, your everlasting doors. And the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. That goes to Acts chapter 1. Now, next comes Jesus' high priestly work Psalms 110, verse 4. The Lord has sworn and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And you go to Hebrews chapter 5 and 6, and it talks about that man of Melchizedek where Abraham gave tithes to. And Jesus is that great high priest. Next is Jesus' marriage. In Psalms 45 verse 2, and 6 and 8 and 13 and 15, it goes to Revelation 19 especially 7, verses 7 and 8 where it talks about the marriage of the bride of Christ with the, his, uh, the bridegroom. Next, Jesus' is the destruction of the heathen. Psalms 110, verse 6. He shall judge among the heathen. This goes with chapter 6 through chapter 19 of Revelation. Psalms 110, verse 1 says, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. Psalms 2 also says the same thing. Jesus' millennial reign comes next. Psalms 89, verse 27. Thou maketh him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all all things under his feet. Psalms 102, verse 16 through 21 goes with that. All this goes with Hebrews chapter 2. Now, turn over to Hebrews chapter 2 with me just a minute now, where I... Ask you just a minute to keep your place in the book of Hebrews because I wanted to refer back to that in Hebrews chapter 2 and look at verse 9. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he by the grace of God should should taste death for every man. So in that Psalm, the millennial reign of Christ is mentioned in Psalms 89, verse 27. Then Psalms 72 with Matthew 23:39, goes to Revelation 11, verse 15. Now here's what I'm getting at. As you study how the Psalms teaches Jesus Christ, you can see the order of it as you go down. Psalms 2 predicts the traditional, I mean the tribal of a destruction of the heathen in the millennial reign of Christ. That's Psalms 2. Then Psalms 8 predicts the millennial reign of Christ. Psalms 6 thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands, thou hast put all things under his feet. And then Psalms 16 predicts the death and the resurrection of Christ. Psalms 22 predicts the sufferings of Christ. Psalms 23 predicts. Predicts the tender shepherding ministry of Christ. Psalms 24 predicts Christ's triumphant entry into heaven. Now, Psalms 31 predicts the Savior's thoughts and words on the cross. Psalms 41 predicts the betrayal of Jesus by Judas. Psalms 45 predicts the beauty and marriage of Christ. Psalms 68 predicts the glorious victory victory of Jesus in the triumph and entry into heaven. Psalm 69 predicts the zeal and sufferings of Christ. Psalm 72 predicts the millennial reign of Christ. Psalm 89 predicts the unchanging faithfulness of God upon David's dynasty through Christ. Psalm 102 predicts the eternal, eternity of Christ. And then Psalm 109 predicts the betrayal of Judas and his punishment. Psalms 110 predicts the eternal priesthood of Christ. Then lastly, Psalms 118 predicts Christ to be the vital stone in God's building rejected by men and chosen by the Lord. Now all of this shows the book of Psalms is about one person, the Lord Jesus Christ. When the Bible says the Lord is my shepherd, you're not talking about David. He's he's talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. David is not saying he's the great shepherd. He's saying that Jesus is the great shepherd. And if you go through the Psalms, all the way through them, and you take any one you want to of the Psalms, and they talk about the Lord Jesus Christ. And here's what I've tried to tell people all these years that I've been preaching. When you read the Word of God from one cover to the other, look for Jesus on every page of it because He is on every page of it. And I always try to take people back to Noah's Ark. And when we think of Noah's Ark, and we think of that boat, we think of the animals coming into that boat and man coming into that boat, that God told uh, him what Noah, how to build it, the exact measurements of it and how to build it. He's not talking about that boat. He, that boat is a type of the Lord Jesus Christ, for instance. God told him exactly how to build that, all the, the measurements of it. And then He told him, now you come into the boat. And then he got into the boat, and he was safe. Now watch something. Did you know there was nobody ever born in that boat? In Noah's ark, there was nobody ever born in there? Why? Because you, once you get in Christ, that's eternal security. You don't get born again, and again, and again. So that's a type of security. Is, Brother Curtis Hudson said one time it opened my eyes he said that God didn't build Noah's ark and put a of pegs on the wall and say now y'all hang on the best you can no he didn't he just said get in the ark which is a type of Christ and if you get in Christ you have eternal life you're secure you're safe and that's how the Bible is all the way through you get over in the great the, in the book of Numbers chapter 22 I believe it is and there was people bitten by poisonous serpents. And God told uh, uh, them, said, you raise up a a serpent on a brass pole, and a brass serpent, and anybody that would just look to that serpent, although they were bitten by poisonous serpents and dying, He said, anybody that will look to that serpent will not die. And now you think about it. Just like today, we say the Lord Jesus Christ is the Savior. Many will look to Jesus for salvation, but many won't. And it was the same thing in those days. And those that looked, the Bible says, lived. And those that did not look to that serpent did not live. Then you get over in the book of John, chapter 3, and it refers you back to that story. and says, even as, Jesus, as they lifted up a serpent in the wilderness, Jesus Christ was lifted up. And anybody that looked to Him shall be saved. Same thing. And so all the way through the Bible you find these stories you find these likenesses, and you find all on every page of the Bible is a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. And especially in the Psalms. The Psalms talks about His birth, it talks about His life that He lived on this earth, it talks about the sufferings that He did, He was whipped, it talks about His beard being plucked out, and stripes on His back, it talks about Judas betraying Him, it's all the way. Every bit of the part of Jesus' life is given to us in the book of Psalms. And then it ends up in the book of Psalms 118 and predicts that uh, Christ is ruling and reign with the bride of Christ one of these days. It's a wonderful story when you put it all together. And I like story pictures in the Bible. Amen. I, I enjoyed preaching Sunday. Uh, and, and I just enjoy preaching and thinking about these stories in the Bible that shows the plain plans of God's salvation. And here's what I'm trying to get at. If you take this Bible and you believe it's the Word of God, there is no excuse for no human being, if they'll read it and believe it, not knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. I've had people to tell me over the years as a pastor, I wish I could understand the Bible like you understand it. That's the same thing I said when I got saved by my pastor. I I called him up in the middle of the night. A lot of times I've asked him questions when I first got saved. I couldn't understand it, but I grew in the Lord. You know how I grew in the Lord? I I got the Bible and I began to study it and look for the Lord Jesus Christ. And there is no excuse for no human being And they will never be able to stand before God one day and say, I never knew you. Well, you could have. All you had to do was study the Bible. And all of the Bible leads to one thing, and that's the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Every story, everything about the Bible is about the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you understand that, then you begin to look at it and say, Man, that's good. And and notice this. Always over here in the Old Testament... Like in the Psalms, God will give you a part of the Lord Jesus Christ's life, and then He'll finish it up in the Book of Hebrews or some other book of the Bible. He will put it together, and, and here's how you know the Bible's the Word of God: it never contradicts itself; it always dovetails together; it fits exactly together. And what what you the how you tell? a false preacher or a false teacher is, if they try to give you some doctrine from the Word of God and it does not fit in the Old Testament the same way it fits in the New Testament, they're wrong, not God. Here's what I'm trying to say. I had a man, preacher one time, I spent some time with him talking in the Bible, just uh, discussing things. And he said, you know the Old Testament saints got saved differently than which we get saved by today. I said, no they didn't. He said, yeah, they did. They got saved by keeping the law. I said, no, they didn't because the Bible says no man can keep the law. So if that was the case, nobody ever got saved. Amen. And, and what, how do people get saved in the Old Testament? The Bible says Abraham believed God. And it was accounted unto him or put on his account righteousness. Why? Because he believed what God said. It's the same thing today. If somebody gets saved today, how do you get saved? Because you believe the account of what the Bible says of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you take it by faith, and the Bible says, therefore, you're saved by faith. Believe it, what the Bible says, and all the way through the story. And so if you really want to know and and have a good time studying the Bible and just get to know more about God, period, then look for Jesus on every page of the Bible and understand what He's trying to teach you about the Lord Jesus Christ. Because every book of the Bible and every story in the Bible has some else besides uh, just being born, just living. No, you got to put it all together. You can't understand the story of Jesus if you leave Him in, the cha- in a manger. And a lot of people, all they see about Jesus is Him still being a baby in a manger somewhere. No, He's not. He lived to be 33 years, or 33 and a half years on this earth. And all of His life pictured something that He did for us sinners. He took our sins in His own body on the tree. Amen. And when you understand that, then you go for the Lord. Amen. I love the Bible. Glad you're here. Stand with me, please. Heavenly Father, would You bless Your people for coming tonight. And we thank You so much for people's faithfulness. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Thank you so much. I start to say shake hands, but you can't. Yes, Lord.